Get your Bibles open to the book of Genesis and the book of Matthew. First book in each uh, testament, amen, old and new. And I want to continue tonight, if you're taking notes, on listening again. Are you listening? How many got something out of this morning's message? I want to continue on some different things tonight that the Lord put on my heart. I think these kind of messages go a long ways on helping us um, to know what we're doing and why we're doing it and how we're doing it. And um, we, we talked a little bit this morning for those that were in nursery or Sunday school or weren't here about uh, a lot of people hear or everybody hears, but not everybody listens. Okay, so there's a big difference between hearing and listening. I want to show some examples in the Bible tonight and I want to talk about some things that, the, like I said, the Lord's put on my heart in Genesis and Matthew. Um, but I want to start off by saying, don't forget this, sun, this, this weekend, we've got a big weekend coming up. I know it'll be the end of spring break, so people should be back and uh, getting ready for the next, you know, next day, week to start school back. So we're going to be having a big concert Saturday night and a big movie Sunday night, amen. So uh, we please be using your, your means of, of uh, technology to tell people about it. Share it on Facebook, text people, call people, do everything you can to let people know about it. You know, and all, most of you know Dylan. He's been here many times. He's, he's been with, doing concerts with us for five years, ever since we started the church. He did our very first concert we ever did. And obviously he's grown a lot too in his ministry and he's done several CDs and he just did a new one. And uh, he's bringing uh, some guy, I don't know Meek personally, but I know Princeton. Princeton's got a great voice and uh, he opens a lot of times for Lecrae. And so he's uh, pretty well known and they've got good spirits. That's the most important thing. We've never, we don't let people come in and just do a concert if we don't know them. And so we've, we've known uh, Dylan for a long time. He has a good spirit. And uh, so does Princeton. And so like I said, I don't know Meek, but if he's bringing him, he'll be a good too. And uh, it's going to be good. It's a good opportunity um, to bring somebody and invite someone that won't normally come to church. And I think it was uh, Dylan who mentioned, you know, who invited him to the concert. So it doesn't matter what kind of music they like. God can use any kind of music. Amen. But there's no doubt today rap is a huge part of our, so our society. And the, a lot of the young people like it. And so it's a good way to get them in. And then uh, Saturday at noon, we're going to meet here all church outreach. Amen. If you're in town, I hope you, you'll be here at noon. We'll have some prayer. And we're going to go out and hit some neighborhoods. Not only with our uh, regular That's My Miracle cards, but also we've got about 1,000 tickets. Well, they're not actually tickets. Flyers for the concert. So we want to actually go out that day at noon and say, hey, tonight we have a concert. So they can be fresh, amen, hit the mall, hit Walmart, hit some different places. And then Sunday night we'll be showing the movie that we've been waiting for for quite a while, Final the Rapture. So it's going to be good, it's a really good movie. So don't forget that this week, amen. Are you listening, part two? Uh, I want to start off by telling, uh, the, uh, saying something about my story of my truck that I was thinking about. Because how many times do you realize that a lot of times you hear and, and sometimes we don't mean to not listen, but we, kept, we, we hear something but don't catch it at the moment. And then later we realize that we heard it, but we didn't really pay attention. How many have ever had that happen? I was talking to Paul Platt, and I was mentioning this to my dad, I think, this week. Uh, my truck's in the shop getting fixed and from when the hood flew up. And uh, most of you know that that hood was, it was a custom hood. I didn't put it on. It was on there when I bought the truck. 
And obviously, I liked the way it looked, and it was cool, and I got all kinds of compliments. And so, I, you know, I was like, cool, it was cool with it. But I, I didn't realize that it probably had something faulty to it, and that's why this happened. So people have asked me, you know, what do you think happened? What went wrong? And sometimes when people's hoods fly up, it's usually been because they've taken it to get the oil change, and they've, when they changed the oil, they didn't close it good. I've heard it, you know, that happening. That wasn't the case with mine because it had been at least a month since I changed the oil. And uh, the day that my brother-in-law drove it, he was not on any, any, any kind of incline where he would have hit, hit that thinking it was the brake or anything. We were sitting out here in the parking on a flat surface. So I know it wasn't any of that stuff. And I started thinking back and, and uh, realizing that the first time I ever took my truck to get the oil changed, I remember the guys now hindsight i remember it fl- remembering back to him saying i think that this doesn't have a safety switch and he didn't make it like hey you better go change this tomorrow he didn't make it sound like it was an emergency or was super dangerous but he said i don't think this has a safety switch and i remember back now looking at that and so once the truck got destroyed and my grill was gone i looked down where the latch so everybody had when you pull that emergency brake for those of you who need a 101 in, in this you pull that emergency brake uh, or sorry, not the emergency brake, the, the, um, the hood release, it releases the actual hood. But then there's a safety latch for that very reason that you have to go and touch for it to open. Well, my grill had the safety latch, but it didn't have it connected to anything. So I think that's why my grill flew off. But I say that to say this, a lot of times we do hear, but we're not really listening, and sometimes it's not on purpose. But we still have to pay the consequences and, and many times, thank God by his grace, because he loves us and we love him, he still works it out. And he knew that I didn't just on purpose ignore that or think it wasn't a big deal or put it off, but he knew that that thing was not put on there right and he said, hey, something's going to happen, so this is my child, I'm going to take care of him when it does, it's going to be under controlled conditions. Amen. But I just wanted to say that about listening. You know, so you need to pay attention because I was thinking about this. You know, when I said this morning about the boy, I showed that video to a few people. And check it out if you haven't seen it. It's 30 seconds long, but it'll, it'll touch you. When that boy said, yes, sir, when, he's, when he, that drill instructor said, you want me to be your daddy for eight, uh, for, uh, eight years? And he said, yes. And that boy said, he, he stopped and caught himself and said, you do? And he said, yes. And he said, why? Because I don't have a daddy. I learned thinking about this that we need to pay attention to what people say but we also need to pay attention to what people don't say amen so you have to be able to listen to both things because sometimes what people don't say is just as important as what people do say so that was free amen let's look at genesis real quick actually let's go to matthew you got matthew open matthew chapter 7 You've heard this before, but this goes along with what I was preaching this morning and want to continue on tonight. He says in verse 24, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does what? What's the key there? Are you there? Matthew 7, 24. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and what? Does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the wind blew, and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall how many have heard that verse before 
There's actually an old Sunday school song they sing about it. The wise man built his house upon the rock. And I said this morning, when we come to church, we got to focus. We got we to gotta concentrate. We got to shut everything else out. And, and, and we can all be guilty of this. We can all be busy, especially on a Sunday night. We could be thinking about tomorrow. And we need to shut everything else off. And we need to go to that scripture. And we need to say, God, what are you trying to speak to me right now? What are you trying to say to me? This, this could be life-changing for me right now. And yeah, we're coming into a spring break week. And, and we, we lost an hour last night. And so this might be the perfect service for the devil to put you to sleep. Amen? But this might be also the perfect service for God to show you something new you've never seen in his word before. Amen. That revelation that can come along and do something. I want to say something I said this morning and repeat it. I'm not going to repeat anything else from this morning, but I want to repeat this. Remember, flesh hears and the spirit listens. Okay? The difference between hearing and listening. So again, for those that weren't here this morning or just to reiterate this again, this is important. Everybody hears. We all hear. We hear right now. You hear, uh, uh, you hear the fans. You hear the train go by. You hear a little buzz. You hear me talking. You hear all kinds of things. But those are things that are just coming into our ears. We have to choose to listen, which is focusing on what's important. And this is, uh, again, the world we live in today with so much social media. We are surrounded with stuff all the time. It's just busy, 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 busy. And we have to concentrate and focus on what God is trying to tell us so we don't miss out. Amen? So we got to remember, flesh hears. Every, our flesh hears it. We hear it over and over again. Sometimes when you hear a, a, a story like this that I just read in Matthew 7, you might go in your flesh. Oh, I've heard that. Yeah, wise man. Yep, built on the rock. Yeah, foolish man. Flesh does that. See, the flesh is hearing, but the spirit is listening and saying, Holy Spirit, what, what are you trying to tell me tonight? What do, you, do you realize that I could, I could get up Wednesday and I could, I could read that same verse? And God would teach you something different Wednesday than he did tonight. I could say it again Sunday morning and he'd teach you something different Sunday morning than he did Wednesday night and, say, and so on and so forth. I could read the same verse for the next six months and every time I read it, God could speak something different to you if your spirit was listening. But if your flesh is hearing, then you're just hearing the same old story again. I can tell you, I, can't, I get so amazed how many times I read, Dylan just said it at prayer. Dwayne said it this morning when they did their things. That, man, I read it again. I, I, this hit me like never before. You read something, it hits you a certain way, but many times we read it and it hits flesh, and so flesh just hears it. It's just another word. This word is never just a word. This is God's living word that the Bible says is sharper than any two-edged sword, and it pierces, and it goes down to the bone and the marrow, divides soul and spirit, but it's not that God's word is not powerful, it's that we're in the flesh, and we can't receive it. But when I get in the spirit, when I focus, when I pray, that's why we go to the prayer room. That's why we pray right here. That's why we worship before we get to the word. We're trying to get our spirits ready to receive. If we walked in this service and did the word first, it would not be the same. We'd be too much in the flesh to be able to receive spirit. And God's trying to teach us that. So remember, write that down. Flesh hears, spirit listens. And listening is focus and listening is putting into practice what I hear 
and listen, I'm, I'm putting it into practice. So go with me real quick to the book of Genesis before, we, before I show you a couple of other things. We read Matthew 7, and I'm only going to read a couple of verses here. I'm really going to just paraphrase for time because we all know the story. We've all heard the story, but tonight we're going to listen to it again. Amen. Amen? So Genesis 1, we know the story. Genesis 2, we know the story, the creation. And we know that God has the Garden of Eden, and he puts Adam and Eve in that garden. And, and, I'll, and let me give it ahead of myself for a second with something else. Write this down real quick. And this is at the end of my notes, but I'm getting ahead of myself, so I'll come back to it. There's three voices that we listen to. I'm going to talk to you tonight about three voices that we listen to, and I'm also going to talk about three types of listening, or three types of listeners. Three voices that we listen to, we're going to see right here in Genesis chapter 1. This is a good note-taking message right here. Number one, voices that we listen to, human voices. Okay? We listen to people. Whether we want to or not, we listen. Okay? And those voices are always going to be there. So we listen to human voices. Number two, we listen to demonic or satanic voices. Okay? We don't choose to. We don't ask. We don't say, hey, hey, devil, what's your opinion on this? But the devil's going to give you his opinion whether you ask for it or not. He's going to speak. He's the prince of the air. He's the prince of this world. And he's going to make sure that even if you, especially if you're reading the word, he's going to make sure he's whispering in your ear. Demonic voices. And the third one is God's voice. So those are the three voices that we listen to. Human voices, demonic or satanic voices, and God's voice. So as we look at this, I want you to look at Genesis chapter 1, and I want to show you real quick those three voices. God says... Here's the, here's the Garden of Eden. Here's perfection. And, and, and here's my rules. And God's voice says, you can do anything you want, but God's voice says, don't go eat of the tree of good and evil. That's God's voice. Then in the same time frame, in Ge that's Genesis 1, sorry, Genesis 2.16. Then in, and then chapter 3, verse 4, the satanic voice comes along. And, and the devil says, Man, you can drink of that. You can eat of that tree, he says to the woman, because you won't, you won't die. So the demo demonic voice, the satanic voice comes in. And Eve listens. Adam and Eve listened to God say, don't go eat of that tree. Do whatever you want, but don't eat that. Then they listened to Satan. Say, yeah, you can eat it. He just doesn't want you to eat it because if you eat it, you'll be like him. So they listened to the voice. And then the third one was the human voice. They heard that human voice, their, their, their own spirit speaking to them, their own humanity saying, she says in verse 6 of chapter 2, sorry, 3, so when the woman saw the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes and was desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate it. So she heard her own voice, which we have to fight more than anything probably, saying, yeah, you're right, you know what, you're right, you can't eat that. God's voice, human voice, Demonic or satanic voices. Go with me to uh, Psalms 81, real quick. Psalms 81. If there's one thing I've learned, it's that we have a choice to obey or disobey God's word. We have a choice to listen to God's voice or we have a choice to listen to the world's voice, to the enemy's voice, to our own voice. And God gives us free will. He says, do whatever you want. Listen to the voices you want. Do what you want to do with the voices you hear. But there's pros and cons of that. 
In Psalms 81, if you're there, say amen. Let's read this real quick. Verse 11 says this. But no, my people, sorry. But my people would not heed to my voice. How many know that's all throughout the Bible? And Israel would have none of me. Verse 11, Psalms 81. So I gave them over to their own stubborn heart to walk in their own counsels. And then he says, oh, that my people would listen to me that Israel would walk in my ways. I would soon subdue their enemies, turn my hand against their adversaries. How many want to get to a place in your lives where your trust is so in God's word, so in the voice of God, that you listen to what he says and you trust God what he says, amen? I'm going to read this again in the Living Bible Translation. Listen to this. I wanted to get it a little bit clearer. This is pretty powerful. He says, But no, my people won't listen. Now remember, we're saying hearing and listening, but obviously they're listening, but they're not doing. Okay? Because I'm also going to talk about three types of listeners. Now I'll get to that in a second. So he says, no, my people won't listen. Israel doesn't want me around. Do you think God feels like that sometimes? Have you ever felt like that with somebody? They just don't want me around. They don't appreciate me. I'm here for to help them. I'm, you know, parents can feel like that sometimes with their kids. They just don't want me around, you know. I'm not saying that with mine. I thank God for my daughters. Amen. I'll just throw that in. They're good kids. Amen. So I'm not putting my kids on blast. No, my people won't listen. Israel doesn't want me around. So I'm going to let them go. They're blind and stubborn way. How do I know God gets like that with us sometimes? I'm going to let them go. And let them live according to their desires. This is the living translation. Then he says, but oh, that my people would listen to me. Oh, that they would just listen to me. He's, He's probably thinking, I sure know what I'm talking about. I sure do know how to help these people. He says, oh, but they would listen to me. And he goes, oh, that Israel would follow me. Listen to what he says in the living. Walking in my paths. He says, how quickly then would I subdue her enemies? How soon my hands would be upon her foes. God is saying, I want to take care of your enemies. I want to deliver you from your pains. I want goodness for your life. I want victory in your life. I want nothing but the best for you. But I cannot do any of that stuff if you won't listen to me. Amen. He just says, listen, and I want to do all these things. I thought that was very interesting. So write this down in your notes. There's three types of listeners. Number one is a passive listener. I'll come back to this in a second. Number one is a passive listener. Number two, a selective listener. Number three, an active listener. Now, how many would know just by listening to those three words, we have all probably been all of those, maybe today. (laughs) Not even in our lives, maybe today. Passive listeners it's somebody who's hearing, and, 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 and I, I said this this morning, and it's just a fact, church. We've got to understand and realize a sad truth. Not everybody that goes to church is going to go to heaven. That's not, I'm not saying that to be mean. It's just a fact. Not everybody in this world that says they're a Christian is a Christian. Not everybody that comes to church is going to go to heaven. Not everybody that claims, and, if you, and I'm not making that up. God said, Lord, Lord. 
Didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we heal the sick? Didn't He's basically saying, it's not just a moment in time that you serve me. Amen? It's not just hearing my words. He says all through the Bible, be a doer. Be a doer. I won't go into it, but John 15 is one of the clearest things in the Bible. Where he says, if you are not bearing fruit, I'll cut you off. He says, hey, not everybody is going to heaven. And it, again, it's not because he doesn't want everybody to go to heaven. It's because we are stiff-necked, hard-headed people. Very. That we don't want to listen. We want to do it our way. And I've learned in my life, God, I don't want to do it my way. I want to do it your way. And you can call me a, 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 a suck-up to God if you want, but I am. Amen. I know God has my best intentions. He wants the best for me. His word cannot lie. And I just choose to believe him. Amen. At his word. And I just choose to say, yes, God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, you're a yes, sir, man. Yes, I am. You God, you said it. I believe it. And I do it. I'm a listener. And the quicker you become a listener, the better you're going to do for God. Passive is people who hear but don't do or act. I gotta ask you how many people you know like that. Everybody knows somebody like this. They hear the word. They might even know the word. Know it. Quote it. You ever met somebody that can quote more scripture than you, but you go, why don't they seem like they put it into practice? Does anybody know someone like that? Come on. Be honest. You hear them, they're like, man, that person really knows the scriptures. And then you go, Why is their marriage so messed up? Why is their finances so messed up? Why do their kids hate them? Why? And you go all down the line, you start seeing, you go, I don't understand this. This person definitely knows the word of God. They can quote it, speak it, and all this, but something's missing in there called doing. So they're passive listeners. And, and one thing we got to understand is you don't want to be a passive listener. Because I thought about this today. I don't know if I was praying or if it was just in the afternoon. I, God reminded me, the more you learn about God, the more responsible you are. So that's why a lot of times I jokingly, seriously say, if you're not going to be serious, go out in the world. Quit loading up accountability on you. Amen. Quit coming to church. And some people do. God bless them. They're doing it. Hey, I'm done. I'm going to go. Hey, they're going to pay the fiddler. Am I telling the truth? Every time you come and hear a service, every time you hear a word, every time you read the Bible, accountability is coming into your life. And he's saying, the more you know, the more you're going to have to answer. Because you're hearing it. And if you've heard it, you're responsible for it. Can't say you don't understand. Can't say, no, you are choosing to be a passive listener. You're choosing to hear, but not act. That's all throughout the Bible. Why? You realize that's why the Gentiles, you and me, have salvation? Because God got so sick and tired of dealing with his own people. He said, I'm done with y'all. I'm going to go to the other people. And I'll come back to you later. And guess what? Here's the news flash. Because they wouldn't receive it when he went to them the first time, now they got to receive it through tribulation. Let that sink in. I choose to receive before the butt whooping. How many would like to learn the lesson without the spanking? Amen. That's just what I choose to do. I don't want the butt whooping from God. I'm smart enough to see somebody else get their butt whooped and say, no, I, that's all right. 
How'd that feel? Oh, it hurt. Okay, that's why I'm not going to do it. So the Jewish people, they just were stiff-necked and hard-headed. He says, okay, I'm going to leave you alone for a minute, and I'm going to go deal with the Gentiles. I'm going to give them grace and give them salvation, and I'm going to come back and deal with you a little bit later, you stiff-necked, hard-headed people. That's what, I'm, not, I'm just quoting the scriptures. You brood of vipers, Jesus said. Amen? Y'all hear me? He says, you honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. That's a passive hearer. That's a passive listener. Listen, listen, listen. Hear, hear, hear. Never do, do, do. Amen? God's going to ask us, what have you done with that word I gave you? Amen? I'll move on because I know none of, this, none of us here are passive listeners. Praise God. Amen? But we might be selective listeners. Number two, selective listeners. That's where I'm always listening, but I'm choosing. Well, I didn't hear that. Did you hear that? Yeah, that's, that's not what he said, right? That's not what God said. Amen? And we pick and choose. That's the generation we live in today. We live in a selective listening generation. So if, if something sounds good, then they go, yeah, I heard that. Amen. If they don't like it, they go, nah, that's not for me. Right? Selective. You ever met someone who has selective hearing? They hear what they want to hear. Christians are like that too. It's, it's hear what they want to hear. Go to Romans real quick and hold your place. We read it Psalms already. Go ahead and go to Romans chapter 1. Many of you have read this, this, these chap, this chapter and these verses before. And it's just a symbol and a sign of what God's saying here in this, in this word. Romans chapter 1. Say amen when you get there. He says in verses 21 to 23, he says, but evil men, no, sorry, I got ahead of myself on that one. Uh, because they knew God, okay, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Because they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. I'm going to say that one more time. They knew God but they did not glorify him as God. Nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. I would go on to say that every time you're in a Bible study, at a service, at a, at a reading the word, every time you read something from the word of God and choose in your heart to be selective or passive on your listening, you are putting yourself in more and more danger to having a futile mind. It's dangerous not to put in application, into practice, what you learn. It's dangerous. There's a process here. I, don't, I hope you're looking at this. I'm not making any of this up. I'm reading the word. Because they knew God. It says, although they knew God. So that might have meant that at some time they really, really were doing well, had a relationship, were hungry. Somewhere along the line, they stopped putting into practice consistency with the Lord. But we came futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Go on with me. Professing to be wise, they became fools. And changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man. And birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. And he says they gave them up 
to their uncleanness, to the lust of their hearts, to dishonor their bodies among themselves. And he goes on for the rest of the chapter. If you know this chapter, it's where he's very specific against sexual sins, against homosexuality, against affection for the opposite sex, and all these different things. Today we have a generation who is selective on their listening. And if they have a certain lifestyle that they want to live, they only listen to the part of the Bible that pleases them. And God said, in those last days, this will become very prominent. People will be lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God. They'll have a form of godliness. That means they'll be at church. They'll hold the Bible. They'll say they believe. But they'll be selective listeners. And they'll only listen truly and put into practice. How can you be a selective listener or sorry, an active listener and put into practice what you hear if you don't agree with it or you don't line your life up with it. How are you going to do that? You can't. There's something you don't agree with, you're not going to do it. And so you, you, can't, you can't be what the third one is, is an active listener if you're passive or you're selective. You can't be all three of these things. You might have been. We all were. At some time, but now God is saying, I, I need passive gone, I need selective gone, and I, my, my children that are going to go to heaven with me are going to be active listeners. They're going to be people who put into practice what I teach them. And they're not going to just listen and let it, like I said this morning, go in one ear and out the other. It's going to go down. It's going to get into their spirits. It's going to get into their hearts. Amen? So going back to it real quick, how many got that? Passive, selective, and active. Active means I hear it and I put it into practice. Do you, are you going to fail in that? Yes. There's going to be times you fail in that. Are you trying? Yes, that's what matters. We're all going to fail. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to fall short. Until the day you die, you're going to continue to fall short of the glory of God. But God looks at the heart. He weighs the intentions of your heart. And he says, that's my child that's trying to walk the straight and narrow. Does anybody still believe tonight on this Wednesday night that God said the road to heaven is straight and narrow? Not wide. Amen? It's straight and it's narrow. And it's not easy to get there. It's not everybody's going to go. Not everybody can. Everybody can, but not everybody chooses to. So those three voices, the human voice is in Romans 1. It's the human voice saying, well, that's so old-fashioned. That's not today. It's not for today. Come on, we evolve. It's the voice of human reason. It's the voice of human reason that says, you know, God really knows, he really knows your heart. You don't really have to, you know, this was written by men and, and all these different things that people say today. All the excuses that people are looking for. You realize there's a generation today that wants to, if they choose to be Christian, they want to be Christian, but they want to do it their way. Their way. Whatever seems right to them. And that's not how God called it to be. And like I said, I'd rather just go and be me and do the world thing and enjoy life a little bit than be a hypocrite and play both sides. You can't do that. And you've got to choose that in your life. You've got to make that decision for yourself. And like I said, although I say that and it hurts, people do all the time. We pray for them that they'll come back and God's grace will reach them before it's too late. But man, just make a choice. Because he says, hey, that human voice of reason is always going to be there. That human voice is always going to tell you, come on, you can eat of it. If it was there in Genesis, it's going to be there today. Maybe stronger. 
And that satanic, demonic voice is always there. If we're closer to the return of Christ than we've ever been, how many know that means that Satan is closer than he's ever been to being locked up? So he's going to fight stronger than he's ever fought. He's going to lie more than he's ever lied. He's going to deceive more than he's ever deceived. He's going to look more like an angel of light than he's ever looked. So that second voice, that demonic voice is dangerous. And it says in 2 Timothy 3.13, evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse. Deceiving and being deceived. 2 Timothy 3.13, I'm going to read that again. Evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. You know what's crazy? Is he's not talking about businessmen in the world. He's talking about imposters of the gospel. He's talking about people who distort the word of God. People who say, not only churches, there are people who are, are selective listeners and passive listeners. There are selective and passive preachers that preach and don't do. That preach and select. God puts a word in their heart and they get up to preach and the Spirit says, say this, preach the word, the truth, and they, no, oh, I better move on on that one. I can't say that. That's going to offend somebody. And that's the world we have today. A world, a church, even the church. Isn't it sad that even the church would be in this? Preaching a false gospel. Second Timothy, write this down, chapter 4, verse 3 and 4 says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have what? Itching ears. They will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. That's a dangerous thing. You have people all over the world today listening to fables, listening with itching ears, excited about the good stuff excited about the positive stuff excited about prosperity excited about health excited about a good marriage excited about all the good stuff but they don't want to hear anything that touches their spirit or comes against their flesh for the time will come let me read it again when they will not endure sound doctrine but according to their own desires because they have itching ears they will heap up for themselves teachers you know what that means? Heap up for themselves teachers. People vote. People choose. Let's get that man in here that's going to tell us what we want to hear. Let's, let's, let's find that church that's going to tell us what we want to hear. Not what we need to hear. Hey, if you want that church, you can go find it. There's plenty of them. You can find a church for anything you want to do. You name it, you can find it. Probably could Google it. It'll be there. How can I be a Christian and? And you'll see a church pop up. And you can go, over there, go find it. And you can be around a whole bunch of other people who feel the same way. And you get in that majority of people and you feel comfortable and God's name's around and you might even feel the presence of something. You might even feel it, amen? That seductive spirit. That's not God. But you get enough people around with the name up there, you might feel like, hey, this is right. Third one's God's voice. Listen to this. And I'll close with this. Isaiah 30, 21. Your ears shall hear a word behind you. 
saying, this is the way, walk in it. This is the way, walk in it. I want you to write that verse down. I want you to meditate on this this week. It's Isaiah 30, 21. Your ears shall hear a word behind you, saying, this is the way, walk in it. And then he goes on to say, whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. That means God will guide you. He'll lead you in the way you should go. And you know what? Sometimes we overthink that. We overanalyze that or we over-spiritualize that. And we expect God to open up the heavens and for the dove to come down. And for us to get like that, that, that jingle in our, you know, oh, and angels to come around and all this stuff to hear God say, go left. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for some supernatural, super spiritual thing. But 1 Kings says most of the time when God speaks, it's in a still, small voice. And it's a voice that speaks to your spirit. And sometimes you don't even realize he's doing it. And later you look back and you go, wow, that was you, God. And I listened. Thank you, Lord. I had this, I had this one thing that happened to me this week that I thought about this today. And, and, and you know I'm pretty bad at it. I wish I wasn't, but I'm going to get better in Jesus' name at remembering things that happen, cool things. I just don't remember. I'm going to start texting me every time it happens. Sometimes it comes back right in God's timing. Sometimes I'm getting a message together. I'm, God, go, please, God, please remind me of a story. Please, Lord, help me remember. Sometimes he does. This week, I thought about this, and it had nothing to do with what God was speaking to me about, t- talking about listening. Uh, my wife needed some tires for her car, two front tires, and and Mr. Mr. Descuento, Mr. Robert Ayala, Mr. Discount Man, if you ever need anything, go talk to Robert. He'll find it on sale. So he had bought some tires for his Suburban. So I said, I need some tires for my, for my wife's car. So I got the number, called on Thursday, I think. And uh, they had two tires. I said, I need two tires this size. So it's in Garland. So I called my dad. I said, Dad, what are you doing? You want to ride with me? So we drove all the way over to Garland. That's pretty far, especially with the traffic. Got over there, got the two tires. I was all excited. They looked really good for 70 bucks, two tires. Nice, like, like almost new, 95% tread for 70 bucks. Tires are 125 a piece each. So I was super excited. Put them in the back of the car, and then we drove all, you know, truck, we drove all the way to Arlington to pick up the flyers and then we went somewhere else and we came back it was a, I would feel like I went, I, we covered the whole metroplex put a lot of miles so we get back I get the discount tire I have Carla she's up there to meet me put them tires on and the guy says man these are two different sizes I'm like oh you got to be kidding me you know I wasn't that nice but well I was to him because it wasn't his fault but I was already thinking about how I could strangle the guy in Garland because when I got there, he was like, you know how you deal with those kind of people that they're getting paid, but that's the only reason they're there? You ever met anybody like that? Okay. So I called the guy and I said, man, you gave me two different size tires. And it was like an inch difference too. So I'm, I'm mad. I'm it's two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm thinking I got to get these tires on and it's all the way in Garland. So I decided I'm going to go back to Garland. At 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I know traffic's going to be bad coming back. So I'm driving, and 
Donnie had called me earlier to ask me some kind of question. I don't even remember what it was. And he, he was off because of something he had to go to. And so I'm driving down the freeway, and all of a sudden, I just clicked in me, call Donnie. See if Donnie wants to ride with you. So I called. He was at home. Say, said, hey, you want to ride with me to Garland? So he gets in the car. We drive all the way to Garland. We get there. We pull in. There's three stations. We pull into the station, the first one. There's another car right here. There's another car right here. And where this car is, there's this little boy standing by, the, by the, his dad, by the car. And so even just pulling up, the kid was almost in the way. And he, he was, the dad you know, really wasn't watching him. So we kind of had real going real slow. We get out. Guy's saying, hey, I'm sorry. I'm going to take care of this and all this. And he's going to take care of it. He's going to put the tires on. I got Carlos' car. And so I'm standing there looking into the shop. And all of a sudden, I see this flash out of my eyes. And I turn. And I look. And I see Donnie running. And I look past Donnie. And this was a main road. A majorly main road. And I look over. And that kid is five feet from the street walking straight towards it and I even said Donnie hurry huh, I, I kind of helped you out he was already going but I said Donnie hurry up because he I was making sure he beat him to the street he saved that kid's life Amen. I am not kidding it was a busy street when he grabbed him he was two feet from the street I mean he was walking straight into the street and God reminded me he said see how I speak to you why did I pick up Donnie and he started reminding me, if you wouldn't have picked up Donnie, I would have been there. But I would not have seen that kid walk into the street. And I'd have been there to see a kid get killed by a car. See what happens when you listen? And sometimes you don't even realize at the moment, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. And I didn't even think about that. I knew that, that it was a miracle that Donnie was there. But I didn't think about that till today when God said, hey, I spoke to you to go pick him up. I dropped that in your spirit. And you know what? The, you know what's it's funny about that is you think about it. We're, we're, we are lazy. I might have been another half a mile past the, his exit and just said, nah, I don't want to turn around. Amen? But God says, do this. And if we listen, I think back, man, I sure am glad that I didn't have to see a kid get killed. I mean, think about it. So if you really think about it, how many times during the week does that happen? But because... We don't, because we listen, we don't see what would have been the end result. Thank God. And then, of course, the flip side is when we don't listen, we see the result. How many times have we said, man, I should have done this. Man, I should have done that. This wouldn't have happened. And God's going, yep, that's a good God. He's not rubbing it in. He's not going, I told you so. But he's just going, I wish you to listen to me. I tried to save you from that. So finally, as the musicians are coming, how do I know if God's speaking to me? We've got the human voice, the satanic voice, and God's voice. And sometimes those voices are very similar. Does anybody else here realize that? It's hard to discern them sometimes. And kind of like I was talking about today, with this crazy world of media, we have so much commotion going on it's hard sometimes to know what God is saying or if it's the devil or if it's me or who it is well, the key is this if God speaks to you and I'm not talking about what I said just now about picking somebody up that's just being led by the spirit but if he speaks something to you in a voice to do something that is spiritual beyond that 
to make a big choice, to make a big decision, to do something, you must understand that what he speaks to you will never contradict his word. Never. Never. He always speaks to you actually from his word. And it'll be in line with his word. And so if you hear something and you're trying to figure out who it is, if it's not in God's word, it's not God. It's either the satanic voice or it's your human voice. And that's where you got to be careful. And here's the great scripture to end with. John chapter 10. Saints, so the saints would recognize the Lord's voice. He says, when we study the word of our God, we can recognize his voice. Look at John 10 real quick to end. Verse 4. He knows. We know that, sorry, we know his voice. John chapter 10, verse 4. And when he brings in out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know, sorry, they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Man, what a difference than the, than the world we're seeing today. The church world doesn't know the voice of God. Why? Think about it. The church world doesn't know the voice of God. Why? Because they don't know the word of God. It's, 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 a, it's a, it, the word. You know, we read this morning in that one verse that the, with Samuel, remember it said that the word of God was, the revelation of God was very scarce. Today, there's a lot of preaching going on. A lot of teaching. But a lot of it's not coming out the word. It's a lot of philosophies. It's a lot of, it's, it's 50 pages with one page of verses. It's a book that has an idea about something. And like I said, 50 pages of what the human thinks, maybe a couple verses. That's dangerous. Let me tell you about books. If you're going to read books and books are good, make sure there's scriptures in the book. Make sure there's a lot of scriptures in the book. So that you can line up that with the word because it's not that you can't read a novel, you can't read something for entertainment, but if it's called spiritual, you better be careful what it's saying. And you better line it up with the word of God. Because otherwise, that spirit of satanic voice or the human voice will overbear and take over the God voice. Because God's going to say, hey, my word's written. Read it. So we can know his voice tonight, amen? Are you listening? Don't be a hearer only, but be a listener. Don't be a passive listener. Don't be a selective.